Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 522. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Steve McQueen Car Show and talking with sponsors of this spectacular event that takes place on June 4th at the Boys Republic in Chino Hills, California. You can learn more about this event at www.stevemcqueencarshow.com. And, and no pun intended, it's all about drive. Uh, you got to have drive in your life. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mel Mayuga. Mel, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am, Mark. Let's do this. All right. Great to have you here. Mel Mayuga is the service manager at McKenna Porsche in Norwalk, California. Mel's built one of the best and most guest-oriented service teams in the country. His favorite part of his role is providing world-class ownership experience for all of his Porsche guests. He's a certified master technician and has completed the Porsche Service Manager Training Program. McKenna Porsche is a proud sponsor of the Steve McQueen Car Show that takes place on June 4th, benefiting the Boys Republic in Chino Hills, California. So Mel, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Absolutely, Mike. It's my, my pleasure, too. And first and foremost, thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate and your, what you're doing for the Boys Republic and the Friends of Steve McQueen Car Show. You're welcome. Yeah. For myself, I'm actually a first generation born here in the States. Awesome. My mother came over from Cuba. My father came from the Philippines. And I, I, I jokingly, but... Seriously, still say that I'm proof the American dream lives. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My family worked two to four jobs at any given time to, to make it happen here, and you know it all worked out, and now their son gets to be a service manager at a Porsche dealership, which is just, it's just fantastic. Yes, cool. Very cool. Yeah, so I've been a car guy my entire life. It's just something that was ingrained in me, apparently. My grandfather in Cuba actually owned a taxi cab company, and believe it or not, ran a company that had, I think, at one point, 2357 Bel Airs, which, <laughs> God, I wish I still had right now. Very cool. Yeah, and he would tell me all the crazy stories of how they kept those cars running using 
say, substandard parts, including leather for clutches and, and all this stuff, and I just got hooked on cars really, really early on. I was always tinkering from a young age. I was always getting cars running and whatnot. I remember uh, early on, we had a, a an S10 pickup that transmission failed on, and I was probably all of 14 years old at the time, helped my buddy get a new valve body, and, and, and when we drove off in that truck, it was just a... Uh, it was a great experience for me. So. <laughs> yes. It just started me off early. I love stories about people who've come to the United States to achieve a lifelong dream. Uh, congratulations. And it's so great that, you know, your parents, I'm sure, like you said, they worked very hard to uh, enable you to have the the life that you have and the dream you've had. Of course, you've worked hard for it as well. And kudos to you. I've had many guests here on Cars Yeah who were immigrants here, came here started businesses here and grew it into huge success. John Campion was a guest of my show a couple weeks ago, built a huge mega billion dollar company, came here from Ireland with 26 bucks in his pocket. And uh, yeah, there's still the American dream is alive and well. And I'm so happy to uh, have you here on Cars. Yeah. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been Instrumental in your life has some meaning to you, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Mel, take the wheel. Absolutely. Uh, mine's pretty simple. It's probably a, a bit uh, simple on purpose so that it can be applied everywhere, but it's just be part of something special. I started thinking this way early on, and, and from, from a technician standpoint, from a mechanic standpoint, there's definitely guys you meet along the way that it's just a job to them, and they just want to make a paycheck, but I've always tried to be part of something special, knowing that when I look back after my entire career, I wasn't just some guy out there doing whatever it was, but uh, every step of the way, I really tried my best to do the best at what I was doing. So sure, be sure. Some, be part of something special. Well, it's cool, and you're you're part of something pretty special. McKenna Porsche is a great dealership. Porsche is a great mark, and we all know car dealerships, especially high-end car dealerships, have really had to change the way they approach their business, the way they interact with their customers. All the companies seem to be going through huge transitions and realize the importance of customer service and that interaction that happens. So you're one of those guys that walks that very delicate line between the guys in the back that are working on the cars, the customers. So I would imagine that mantra of yours comes into play every day with what you're trying to build. It sure does. It really, really does. And it's something I pass along to my teams as my teams grow and change and, and every step of the way. Fantastic. You talked about being a car guy going back. And I love the story about your family in Cuba working on the old Chevy Bel Airs. We've all seen pictures of those cars and seen some great documentaries of how they keep those cars going. I hope now that uh, relationships have changed a little bit that we can maybe ship some parts down there for those guys, those enthusiasts <laughs> to work on those cars and get them back to life uh, the way they should be. But I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you look back? You're still a pretty young guy, but you said, oh, my gosh, I'm a car guy. We jokingly spoke about this uh, off camera, off radio, but it's sometimes hard when you're really passionate about cars to pick out single things. But the, the, the brief example I gave you about getting that S10 running was one very good one. Uh, another one is my first car, an 88 IROC Z that I purchased in was not running properly. When the first time I got that car running was just huge for me. I was so excited as a kid, you know. Yeah. I couldn't wait to, to turn 16 so I could drive. And, and quite honestly, 
before I had my license. I got that thing running. I was whopping 15 years old, and I started driving around that day just because I got it running. And uh, <laughs> I was pretty mom. pumped up that day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, something like getting your hands dirty and fixing something mechanical, and it actually works. And it, the smile and the, the achievement that you feel and the excitement you feel, and for a 15-year-old kid to get in a car and be able to drive, the freedom that that allows adds to the uh, exhilaration of that moment. So, I, Roxy, I love it. Very cool. <laughs> Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about huge challenge or even better, a great failure. I want you to take me there. I want you to explain the situation, really bring us into that challenging moment for yourself. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you so that you could come out the other side? Okay. Well, two things come to mind, but I guess I'll pick one for you, Mark. When I became a, my first time I became a shop foreman, uh, I was probably, if not the youngest shop foreman, if then one one of the youngest shop foreman for for a BMW dealership at that time. And and my early early twenties, I was in charge of a shop of about twenty seven technicians. Oh wow! And, uh, I was very very excited, very motivated, um, but it was a huge challenge for me at the time. And I'm proud to say that I feel that uh, humbly saying. Uh, I did a very good job of it, and, and at the time, we were part of something special. Absolutely. Well, let's dig a little deeper into this, because being a young person managing that many people, and I would assume many of them were older than you, so that <laughs> adds uh, to the complexity of the situation. Can you maybe describe uh, a takeaway from that situation that you learned that you know, it was really tough to get through, but something that maybe somebody helped you with or something you learned that you could carry forward so that you were able to continue in a positive vein while you're managing that many people because managing people is one of the hardest things in the world to do. Absolutely. It, it's all about team building. And I did do as much reading as possible, and then I tried to apply life experience. And uh, luckily I had some people that were much, much more experienced, much smarter than me, give me some great advice at the time. But mm -hmm. it is all about team building. Everybody on a team can can provide something positive, and it's really, really important to, to share and celebrate successes and to bring people together so that they can see that by working together, they can uh, they can achieve more. And as far as the, the point about being younger and having older guys, uh, earning respect still needs to be done the hard way, you know, the old, the old school way. You got to put the work in. You got to show that you're going to, you're willing to do whatever it is you're asking someone else to do. And you're also humble enough to, to take advice from people that are um, maybe at a different level within an organization. If there's one thing that you can share with our listeners that helped you be a good team builder, what would it be? Communication. Uh, Flat out. Yes. <laughs> that, that is the single best advice I've got from a, a very amazing mentor of mine, and not just for being teams, but just in life. Communication is yes. key. Um, I, I, I very early on decided to instigate multiple tiers of, of communication as a shop foreman, um, whether one-on-one -on -one shop meetings, quarterly goals for, for my, my staff, and then making a point to circle back and try to talk about the goals that were set and whether they were achieved or not. Uh, it's so important. I, I used to manage a large group of people, and one of my mantras was, communication is the key to our success, and the lack of it is the reason for our failures. And it's oh so true. Ah, it's really, really important. So great. I'm glad you shared that. That was the answer I was looking for. <laughs> Mel, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I would love for you to share a story. When you had one of those 
career aha moments, those enlightening moments where something illuminated your way for a new direction, a new idea that you had in your career. And tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Fantastic question. I would say that was uh, the moment. The first moment that comes to my mind is actually making the decision to change uh, marks. Ah, so okay. I had actually been with a BMW dealership since I was 18 years old. I, I started out by cleaning the toilets, uh, did every single job you could possibly do in service, diagnostic tech, master tech, shop foreman, service manager. I, I grew up with, with blue in my blood, as they would say at BMW. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one day I got a phone call from uh, from my current boss saying, hey, Mel, I need some help. And the offer was to come run a store at a Porsche dealership, which was uh, it's a pretty daunting thing when, when you've done something your entire adult life. You, you know a product, you know a brand, you know the players. But for me, it was, it was kind of full circle. I, I joke around a bit when this kind of a story comes up that although I, I loved my time at BMW and it, and it really did something great for me and my family, and I learned so much. When I was growing up, I had two posters on my wall. One of them was of Sidney Crawford, <laughs> and, and the other one was of a Porsche 911 Turbo. Ah, yes. And so to be able to come full circle and, and come back to a brand that uh, when I was younger, I just thought was really cool. It's been an amazing experience, and, and it's been the best business decision I've ever made in my life. Really, really thriving here, and it's an amazing brand. Ah, so cool. So when are you marrying Cindy Crawford? <laughs> well, I have to talk to my wife about. I have oh. to talk to my wife about that one. Oh, oh, sorry. Let's not let's not go there. I'm going to get you in trouble here. So, uh, I understood. Yeah, I think it was Farrah Fawcett was on my wall. I'm quite a bit older than you, so uh, yeah, Farrah Fawcett, and I probably had I had it also had that turbo poster on my wall, just a little earlier model of the Porsche 911. So, I love it. That's great. Really great story. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Let's talk a little bit about proudest career moments. I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular that stands out for you that you'd like to share? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, I'm very proud of my, my tenure as a, as a shop foreman. But at the same time, I'm, I'm very proud of what I'm doing now. I'm, if, I, if I can actually clarify that, I'm mm -hmm. actually proud of the team I've been able to build and, and what, what they do, what we do together. Really, really proud of what we're doing here in McKenna Porsche these days. Nice. I love the way you answer that. Very good. You do know what teamwork is all about. I can tell. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here and go back in time and talk a little bit about your first really special car. You talked about that IROC Z, but maybe there's another car. I don't know. But the first car you got, that you kind of went, wow, I finally got this. This is so cool. And maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. Well, de definitely the IROC Z was my first big big life-changing car it gave me freedom uh it was something i, I felt very proud of because i would work on and i would see the results immediately of it and it was a fun car it was really really fun the, the only thing bad about it was i'd still get beat by 5.0 mustangs all the time but that's <laughs> well another, whole other argument <laughs> yeah yeah and once again uh, your mom could be listening we we don't want her to know you're out there you know going a little too fast on the street so <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. But also, um, in in the garage growing up, my my grandfather had a, a seventy one uh, Mach one. Oh, cool! And uh, while maybe not the most performance oriented Mustang ever built, it definitely had character. And with his uh, with him driving it and me sitting there, it was it was definitely something special. I, w I wish we still had in the family today. Yeah, those are great memories. It always is uh, more about the memories and the people than the cars, but the cars are the catalyst that 
carry us into those memories. So, well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a car that you let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? It's a cheat, but I, I wish I would have never sold any car I've ever owned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, but I guess it would have to be one of those two cars probably because they, uh-huh. they probably have the most emotional attachment, the, the Mach 1 and the IROC Z, just straight off of, of memories and emotion. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've had better cars, faster cars, but those would be the ones I wish I still had today. Well, let's talk about today and going forward. I'd love to hear a little bit about what maybe some things that have you really excited and fired up there at McKenna Porsche and also talk a bit about McKenna Porsche's sponsorship of the Steve McQueen Car Show. I was fortunate to have Chad McQueen on the show a couple months ago. He told me about the car show. Uh, got me all fired up. Uh, Cars Jazz to sponsor the show this year, and as you guys are as well. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your interpretation of the show and, and again, what you guys are doing there at McKenna. Absolutely. As far as McKenna, uh, I, I'm pretty fired up about the direction that we're going here in service. It's it's just wild with the rise in popularity and, and the value of everything air-cooled with Porsche. Our air-cooled business is, is just skyrocketed, and we're having a blast doing it. We really, 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 really are. I don't know how else to say that. We we send flatbeds out to pick up the cars free of charge, and in my shop right now I have a 76 912. I have a, an SC. I have a 993. I have a 996. And uh, just the other day we had a 924. We're just having a blast doing it. I think it's a, it's a great thing for the community to, to, to see the value in those cars rise because it allows them to start investing some money in the cars mm-hmm. and know that it's not money that's being thrown away. So these cars are actually really in the best condition they've been in in, in decades for, for the most part. Right. So that, that's definitely the fun part at work. Uh, regarding the car show and the Boys Republic, um, which is even more near and dear to my heart at, at times, especially at this time, really, really proud to be part of it. The Friends of Stephen Green Car Show is an amazing car show. It's the best way you could spend a Saturday if you live in Southern California. If anyone listening can go, please do go. We have hundreds of 911s, hundreds of 356s. Mustang clubs are out there. This year we'll have a Model T club out there. we got hundreds of motorcycles, classic motorcycles, hot air balloon rides, glider rides. It's not just a great day for an automotive enthusiast. It's a great day for anybody. Absolutely. Yeah, and then the best part of it is it benefits an amazing organization known as the Boys Republic. Yes. The amazing people that work there honestly do probably for our society a much more important job than than I will ever do by making sure somebody has new brakes pads on their car. And they take these at-risk youth and they show them there's a better way to live life. They show them that people can listen and can care and there's other avenues. And from a personal standpoint, I, I can see the tremendous value in that. So... I actually attended the car show as a spectator one year, and I went, this is just amazing. i, I got to get involved. And then I started finding out about the kids and, and the staff there and what they do, and, and it was just a done deal. So we've become a, a big sponsor of the show, very excited about Project 911BR, which is the car that we're building for them. Yeah. And um, it's, it's just all, all, all positive. It's really great. You know, uh, I didn't realize, and when Chad was on, he told me about his father, 
who basically had to kind of raise himself. He had some challenging parents and came out to the West Coast and got in trouble and was offered either go to jail or go to the Boys Republic. And he chose that. And they really set him on a path that, of course, the rest is history with his success as a movie star and a race car driver. And it's so great that he gave back to that school his entire life. His estate continues to help them. Chad is involved. Companies like McKenna Porsche are involved to help. And it's, it's really tremendous because you think of all these, this youth that has a challenge for whatever reason that needs some direction to go, some pointing to go. And uh, what you guys are doing to help is really fantastic. I love it. And the other great thing about what McKenna's doing with these older cars, a lot of new dealerships these days don't work on old cars. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. have the mechanics that know how to do it. The technicians, they don't know how to work on those kind of cars. So I think it's really fantastic that you guys work on those old cars. It's really cool. Thanks. Uh, we're quite proud of it, and I appreciate you saying that. Absolutely. If you're down there in the Los Angeles area, that's the place to take your old Porsches to get them fixed. That's great to know. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Mel. If you were a car, what kind of car would Mel be and why? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. (laughs) Yeah. And I think if you ask somebody that question five times in their life, they'll probably give you five different answers. Of course. I hope so. That means they're evolving. You know, they're growing. Yeah, I I think, honestly... Probably because of my, my sheer amount of involvement with, with the, the project car, the charity car we're building for the car show, it would be actually the project car itself, Project 911BR. And, and I say that because it's an amazing car. It's also this very exciting blend of, of new and old where we have an older air-cooled 911, and yet it's got mixes of, of new technology with new CAN bus protocols, new engine management, and the car is it's a purpose-built machine that's meant to be driven. And, mm-hmm. and, and for any car guy, they know what I mean by just the, the sheer joy of driving. I mean, some people, they get in a car and they just go A to B, but I, I enjoy turning a steering wheel. I enjoy applying a clutch. All that together is just a, it's a great experience, and I think this car delivers that. So. Well, tell me a little bit more about the specifications of this car. Uh, what year, make, model, engine? You talk about some modifications. Paint a picture for us. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. Of one. course. So we, we got a 1980 uh, 911 SC, and we chose that car to build this tribute to Steve McQueen, benefiting his favorite charitable organization. 1980 was a good year because we, we really feel that the SC platform can actually handle a lot more power. Coincidentally enough, it's also the year that Steve actually passed away, so it has some uh, nostalgia there as well. Mm-hmm. As far as the build itself, um, we really wanted to build a, a driver's car, not not a little show queen or anything like that, but something that when somebody eventually buys this car, they will drive this car and drive it like it's meant to be driven. So uh, full suspension's been done, coilover setup, custom tires, wheels, roll cage. We actually took the original power plant and now embedded a 993 power plant in it. We're pushing about, last time I checked, about 311 horsepower out of that little car. Wow. Complete paint job. We actually went to Chad and asked him what what paint color do you think would most represent his father, so we decided to go with slate gray. Cool. Full bespoke interior, custom racing seats that are a little bit of a throwback to to be a bit period correct, a steering wheel shifter. We're just really, really excited about this car. A lot of a lot of love's gone into it. Uh, a lot of little amazing details are going into it. There's going to be a, a custom. I actually already made a custom plate that will be affixed to the uh, glove box. 
laying out what the car is and it'd be signed by all the key players. I had a custom uh, modification done to the original 911SC emblem on the rear deck lid of the car, and now it actually says 911BR for uh, Project BR, which uh, stands for the Boys Republic. Oh, wow. It sounds really, really spectacular. Will the car be auctioned off at the car show? It's going to actually be shown for the first time in public in its finished state at the car show. There is uh, plans to, to move the car to an auction later in the year. Mm-hmm. But we're also we're keeping our, our doors open because so many people have talked to us about this car and shown so much interest that if we have somebody that steps forward and would like to purchase the car, we, we would be open to that as well. And the great thing about the sale of the car itself is all the money is going to go directly towards helping the kids at the Boys Republic. And whoever buys it, um, it's actually a huge tax write-off. So yes. what, what better kind of tax write-off can you find than a resto-modded uh, air-cooled 911? Awesome. Gosh, what a great project. Thanks for sharing all that. Can't wait to see that car. So Mel, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Mel, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? That would be take a step back. You can be in the middle of a big problem. uh, You're fighting something. Just take a step back, regroup. And it's amazing how many times by just um, taking a moment to to reassess that you can fix a problem uh, very quickly. Now, where were you all those times I was trying to work on my car and I was hitting myself in the forehead with a wrench? <laughs> That's great I was, advice. <laughs> I was right there with you, man. I've, I've, I've been in those shoes many, many times. Yeah, yeah, great advice. I love it. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm very methodical when it comes to problem solving. I believe in doing it the same way every time, which is you have to have a strong base of knowledge about the system you're, you're working on, analyze the problem, put together a plan of action, and then execute. Excellent. And you just do that over and over again, and you will succeed. There you go. Would you share a resource that you really enjoy with our listeners that you think is uh, valuable or something that you uh, go to every day? I would just say for any anybody that is an automotive enthusiast or is, is just starting out to be an automotive enthusiast, it, it's such a different world than, than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, anybody has the opportunity to, with all the mobile phones and everything, to, to just stay connected with the automotive enthusiast world. You know, There was talk a while back that it was something that was diminishing and that kids didn't care about driving anymore, but I think it's the opposite. I think if you start to really look out there, there's huge groups of people. There's so many ways to stay connected and stay motivated, um, take advantage of it all. Yeah, Yeah, it's amazing what we can have access to. I can't tell you how many times I've gone on YouTube to try to figure out how to fix something, not only on a car, but around my house. Uh, tutorials when I started the podcast here, tutorials on how to record podcasts and do all that. So the technology we have at our beck and call is absolutely mind-boggling. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read recently that you think the Car Show listeners would enjoy? There's definitely lots of automotive books, especially if you're working retail, um, for management and how to learn how to be better at your job. I don't think I can answer that question without actually saying the book uh, Lone Survivor, mm. which is the book that was written by Marcus Luttrell. That book stays with me years and years later. I've read it three times now. Uh, it's such a powerful book about brotherhood. And uh, I, I remember one day I was going to work, and I had it on audio, and I literally had to stop in my parking spot, and I couldn't get out of my car for another 15 minutes because it's just such a powerful book. So i I, I got to throw that one out there. Great, great advice. Love it. That is a great book. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Mel has shared on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Mel Mayuga. And his last name is M-A-Y-U-G-A. There's also a great place on the Cars Yow website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the other past 521 guest books are listed for quick clicks to easily purchase. So, Mel, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price, because today I'll buy you any car you'd like. What would that one vehicle be, and more importantly, why? <laughs> Again, I feel sometimes for a car guy, it's just not a fair question. Um, you told me that in our pre-show chat, and I said, well, sorry. You know, I've I've asked that question of everybody. I know it's painful, but I like to say, well, just think about it, how you feel today, because tomorrow the answer might be different. Okay, fair enough. I would, okay, I, I gotta, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Okay. Bear with me. Uh, if, if it's for my family's enjoyment, I would probably pick a, like a 56 Nomad. But for myself, I would probably choose a 73 911. And the reason for that is pre-smog. I can do whatever I want with it. I can build the car however I want. And just like the, the Project 911BR, I, it would be something that I made that is special to me. And I think that's just a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. Well, I thought at first when you said 73, you're going towards the Carrera RS. But it sounds like you're going towards a, 
a normal car. Oh, we'll make yeah. it an S because it's got to be. But now yeah. you're going to modify it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really would. I mean, we could get crazy and you know get RS two point sevens, but uh, I think you know if, if if I'm anywhere in the realm of reality, that's what I would do. Ah, beautiful. Love it. Love those early long hood nine elevens. Man, they've gotten expensive. Ah. Gosh, it's just not fair, but that's okay. I told you I'd buy you whatever you want, so I'll go out there (laughs) and get you one. (laughs) Now, what color are you going to paint this car? Um, You know, actually, when the the 50th anniversary 911 came out with Geyser Gray, I fell in love with that color. I really, really love that color. I would probably paint it that color. Yeah, it's a beautiful kind of subtle color, and it would be great with Mm -hmm. some kind of really unique interior to kind of complement the outside because it's kind of... Not flashy, nondescript, but it's got an elegance to it. Kind of an understated elegance. I like that color as well. Nice choice, Mel. You've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your stories and your adventures with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset down the coast highway in that custom 73911 Porsche? I would say... And, and no pun intended, it's all about drive. Mm. Uh, you got to have drive in your life. If you have a little bit now, cultivate it, grow it, push, 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 keep pushing forward, uh, communicate with all your teams that you ever have, and just keep driving to be part of something special. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and McKenna Porsche? Well, please come on down to the, to the store itself. We, our doors are always open. I, I basically live here. <laughs> we are kind of different than most dealerships. We're not just about, you know, getting an oil change done. If you come in, you'll find somebody to talk cars with for probably much, much too long. We <laughs> can probably share you, with you some of Mr. McKenna's actual personal collection of cars, which some of them rotate here on site. Check us out on our website. And, and please make sure, if anyone listening, to check out the Friends of Steve McQueen Car Show and the Boys Republic. It's an amazing organization and an amazing car show. It really is. So listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've shared today at carsyad.com slash Mel Mayuga, or just type Mel, M-E-L in the search bar. His page will pop right up with links to McKenna Porsche and to the Steve McQueen car show. And make sure you check it out this week. If you're going to be in Los Angeles on Saturday, June 4th, go to the show. It's going to be absolutely spectacular. If you can't make it, Go to www.stevemcqueencarshow.com. You can donate there. You can see what they're up to. Awesome cause to help uh, at the Boys Republic. Great group of people there. I've got to know them. They're just absolutely spectacular. Mel, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for having me and have a great day. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.